Welcome back to the Elemental Evan podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This is your host, Evan Roberts, and on this podcast, I simplify complex health topics from a holistic perspective. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Marcus, who's a certified Wim Hof breathwork instructor, which if you're unfamiliar with Wim Hof and his breathing practices, here are a few snippets of why he is so widely known. So first off, he's known as the Iceman because he holds multiple world records regarding cold exposure and breathwork, such as hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in just his shorts, and also sitting in a container filled with ice all the way up to his shoulders slash neck for just over 112 minutes, which is a little under two hours. He has been able to accomplish all of this through the power of breath, which he has learned and applied to his life through the ancient yogic teachings of pranayama, aka breathwork. Now today, Marcus and I are going to dive deep, not only on breathwork, but also addiction and ego. Marcus shares his journey and struggle with alcohol consumption, mental health, and doing the inner work to step into the man that he is today. After this episode, you'll walk away with a better understanding of the role that breathwork plays in mental health and how Marcus has applied it to his life to completely transform himself into the person he chooses to be. Marcus also shares his three steps to living a healthy and balanced life that have helped him along his path. It was honestly an absolute pleasure to have Marcus on the show today, and I know you're going to love this episode as much as I loved recording it. All right, y'all, let's get into it. Welcome to the show, Marcus. Yeah, thanks for having me. No, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to reconnect after all these years and uh, excited to talk about like health and wellness, talk about the journey you've been on, the journey I've been on, and um, especially from, and here the growth. It's going to be nice. I can't really ever see the growth within myself, but like knowing someone from 10 plus years ago and then seeing the complete shift in that is going to be awesome. So I'm excited to be here. Thanks, man. Yeah, well, I can tell you right now uh, from our first kind of meetup, what was that, like last Wednesday, uh, mm-hmm. I could even see like the differences in you and just like, we all grow, we all get more mature as time goes on in general, but yeah, I could just see like a sense of like calm confidence in you, if, yeah, if that makes any you. sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I was getting, but, uh, dude, so like lead me on the journey to how you found that calm confidence and we could go through the health portion of it, but like what, what kind of, uh, were the major stepping points in your life that, that led you to where you're at now? Yeah, I mean, dude, it's like, I, I love looking back and just kind of thinking like, because a lot of people will see like, I don't know, some things that they like determine a success and like, how long did it take you to do this? How long did it take you to do this? I'm like, dude, it took me 30 years. It's like, it's taken my whole life and like a lot of life experiences to get to the point where I'm at now and things are forever shifting. But like, there's so many key moments, like every single every single day, whether it was like our time, like in Beaumont and like the decisions that I made then definitely influenced what I'm on now. And um I really appreciate and attribute those times like in high school where I was so uncomfortable in my skin and trying to figure out what to do and having like sports be an identity thing. Um, and instead of looking more inward, reaching externally for things, whether it was like validation from my dad, validation from coaches, validations from friends and family and like whatever it was, then when that didn't uh, work out, then it's like I'm reaching more externally for other things, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is to feel better about myself. And, um, 
long story short, those things didn't work. They're not sustainable. And um, it led me very mentally broken, spiritually broken, financially broken. And um, just like at a, at a turning point where I didn't know where my life was going to go. And, and once I kind of gave that stuff up and um, was able to just kind of like look at my part in this and then start doing the deeper inner work, um, it led to just a bunch of different things. And changing diet, changing, um, once you get rid of like the drugs and alcohol, like you start feeling better and like, how can I feel more better? How can I level up a little bit more? And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Look, looking at things holistically, getting into breath work, the Wim Hof stuff, changing my diet, being of service to others. And, um, but it all starts with that scared little boy from like high school and even earlier on, and then wanting to like look deeper and give that kid a lot of love. And then in, in exchange, then, I get to live the life that I'm living now. I love that so much right there. As, there's a few things that arose for me. One of the things being, I think you really hit the nail on the head where it's like always chasing a high, you know, mm -hmm. and not, I mean, it could be obviously getting high, but like uh, chasing the high <laughs> of, right? Like chasing the high of, um, of just like feeling good in life. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think in many ways that can almost be an addiction in itself, right? Like, the light life is going to have ups and downs. And I think it's important for us to not always seek out the pleasurable stuff. And I think we're kind of hardwired nowadays for that with like yeah. TikTok and, you know, these instant gratification videos and things. But mm -hmm. um, I think it's important for us to also sit with uncomfortability, sit with the hard stuff and not like you have to enjoy it, but be bored with it, sit through it, you know, experience it yeah. because it's going to allow for the balance. If you're trying to just stay on this continuous high. Like that's, that's not life. Life is up and down. And right. so you got to ride that. And even to the best extent, I think keeping almost like a bit of a neutral mindset in, in life can be very beneficial as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that plays a big role and uh, helps, helps with mental health for sure. But in terms of, I know you mentioned a little bit about drinking and, and possible drugs and stuff. What led you to that and what allowed you to get over that as well? It's, it's a lot of what we kind of talked about, like not even like chasing the high of life, but it's also for me, I was trying to escape. Um, I was trying to, I did not like the circumstances that I was in. I didn't like um, the lack of confidence that I had. And instead of doing like the inner work within myself, it's just like, oh, I can drink this. And like, now I'm becoming funnier. People think I'm, I can be in a room and I'm more lively. This is who I really am. And it was just a lie. And you, a lot of people keep chasing that lie and that thrill. And, um, to the point where like, I had a drink just to be social. Anytime I was nervous, I would have a drink. Anytime, like before a big game, I would have a drink. I mean, I played in my last high school game, completely drunk out of my mind just because I was so nervous for it. And, um, that was just my solution. And it worked for a long time until it didn't, or at least, at least like I was deceived to believe that it worked. I had no idea that it, that it had a problem. The only person I was tricking was myself. A lot of people were like, dude, like what's going on? Why can't you like get this together? Your grades are falling. All this is like not working out. And, um, it took a lot of like bottoms and it took a lot of, um, situations to where like, it was either continue down this road, which I don't think I had much time left down or could do a complete 180 and then have, and eventually have to do the things that I've been avoiding, which is just take a look at myself and sit with that uncomfortableness. So, I mean, the reason why I can only speak for myself, I was going to say a lot of people, but the only re the reason why I was drinking and, and partying so much was because I had the 
inability to sit with myself. I felt so not okay with who I was as a person that I had to do all these things in order to be whatever I thought I was, which is just like my ego. But in return, I'm now trading everything that I have and everything in my life for this one thing. And when I had the opportunity to give it up, I started getting everything back, which was really nice. And then some, so I would say it took a lot of bottoms. It took, it took like the hurt of like lying to my parents, getting kicked out of every school that I went to. I got kicked out of UC Irvine. I got kicked out of Idaho state. I was homeless for a little bit in, in my time in Idaho state. Um, I got kicked off of my team at Dixie. I got brought back on the team. It was just like all of this chaos and all of this like illusion and delusion of just like who I thought I was. And that was the issue. I was walking around and just like, don't you know who I think I am with everybody? In reality, I was just so scared of every situation and every person and everything. So it took those moments. It took lying, cheating and stealing from my dad and my parents and taking money and just being a complete leech until these people started like getting rid of me. And then it just forced me into like, I was just left with myself. And then I got into a place very like bad mentally where I was completely suicidal. And I had friends that found me on the fifth floor of a building, like halfway hanging off of it. And just, it took like moments like that and I would still minimize it. But when I realized that I didn't care about my life, but then people started coming into my life and saw like something in me that I didn't see in myself and they were willing to help me out. And for example, my grandfather co-signed a car for me. And my dad was like, I would have never in a million years co-signed that car for you. I had no credit. I had no nothing. He's like, I know you're drinking and driving. I know you're doing all these things that, um, that like you, you're reckless. You don't care about your life. But if you were to crash this car, they're going to go after your grandfather for all he has. And that was true. I had no, I did not care about my life. My mental state was already telling me that if I were to die, I'd be doing my like family and friends a favor. But like knowing that my decisions could impact my grandfather when he stuck his neck out for me, I was like, all right, enough's enough. And I, like, I just came clean. I was like, I can't stop drinking. I don't know what to do. Everything about this is just, is just tough. And um, yeah, that was, that was that decision made. And I went and got some help and it's been a good five and a half, almost six years later. And Life has been really, really good. It's still definitely hard at times, but knowing that like I don't pick up a drink or do drugs or alter my mind and I'm able to just accept it and move through it and live life on life's terms has just been phenomenal. And it is it's made me the person that I am today and maybe a person that I'm proud to be. And um yeah, I don't know. From seventeen to twenty four, I really lived like with for myself. I was very selfish, self centered, and everything I did was to for Marcus's sake. Now from 24 to 30, it's all about like the other person. How can I make your life easier? How can I assist you? How can I help you see the depths of yourself? And like, I just feel like I'm on borrowed time. And every day that I have the opportunity to help somebody, they're in my life for me to help them in any way that I can. And, um, and in return, I get this life beyond my wildest dreams, which has been really, really nice. Marcus, thank you. Thank you for your vulnerability and for sharing that. It's not easy. You know what I mean? And truthfully, I really appreciate that. And I'm, I'm happy to see you, man, because I, I didn't know any of that, obviously, since I saw you in high school. <laughs> so, man, it's beautiful to see. You know, I was already like, dang, dude, Marcus has really 
just stepped into this role and like really done the work and all this. And I was like super, yeah, already blown away. And and this is even more. So I'm just like, man, that's it's so beautiful to see it, Marcus. And I'll also, I'll, I think for a lot, okay. So like I say this a lot of times and I, I'm sure I have like an idea of what this means for you, but I'm curious, what did doing the inner work look like for you? Dude, doing the inner work. It's that constant, especially back then, it was that, it was a day at a time. It was just like, all right, what do I have to do? All right, I need to not drink right now. Maybe I need to like be of service. How do I get out of my own head? And how do I sit and feel these feelings that I'm comfortable with to like move through them? So the the inner work back then was just like very, very simple. Pay my bills on time. I got I to have a car, pay my car note and make sure that like my car note gets paid. Um, show up to work and like, the little basic things that like, I just couldn't really hold back then. And then now the inner work is like, although like that sounds a lot harder than like getting in an ice bath, but like now it's just like, cause those things are going to take care of themselves. Like I'm already, I'm fine tuned and like my bills are going to get paid. My needs are going to get met. Now it's just like, do this, um, call other people, make, see how they're doing and check on them just for the sake of checking in on them and hearing how they're doing. So I can get out of my own head. Uh, be honest about my situations. I know that I'm as sick as my secrets. Don't get tied up into what people are going to think. I have like this really cool circle. Um, sit, be quiet, meditate, pray, uh, eat healthy, move my body, change my thoughts. Like, And then when all else fails, like if I'm still losing my mind in that, like it's just like turn to God. Like how how can I really trust like in my higher power to like, that I'm exactly where I need to be. So that inner work now is just like over time, it's gotten harder and easier, but I under, I have this concept of like, God is everything or God is nothing. And if I choose for God to be everything, I know that every situation that I'm in is, is like my higher power is doing. So like, if I just, if I'm living in fear, that's just because like my connection with my higher power is complete is, is severed or not as strong. So like, I just have to get back to that, to where like in the past, maybe God wasn't really a big thing that was like played into it, but it was a lot of, all right, these next 30 minutes, I have to do this task, this, this, this. And so the inner work is definitely what it is now more inner versus an external, like how it used to be. So started external, cleaned up all the mess around me. And now it's just like cleaning house every single day within myself. Yeah, that's good. There's a practice and I'm curious if you did something like this where there's a girl, her name's well, on Instagram, it's Organic Olivia. She's really awesome, has some great content and a great podcast. But one of the things that Ashley and I listened to was one of the podcasts about her wedding. And uh, listening to it, we're kind of in a similar stage as they are, Ashley and I, with her, with Olivia and her now husband. But one of the practices they did for their wedding, which I really liked, and maybe we'll do this for our wedding or, or even just, I, I've even thought of doing it for like my 30th birthday, is they did a practice where they wrote down who they were for, I don't know, it could be for their entire life up to this point, or even just the last mm. decade. And they wrote out who that person is, right? And their faults, their good things, all that. And then realized, you know, all of who you have been in the past, you created yourself that way to get through life, right? To bet like those were mechanisms yeah. of trying to make it through those hard times. Like if you became a hothead and a jerk and all that, dude, you probably were faced with a lot of conflict, right? And like, yeah. that was your way of combating that and like actually protecting yourself. And so the practice is basically you write up who you are now and who you're looking to be. 
And then you could say a prayer, you could speak it into the wind, like whatever, but you just kind of release that person that you think your old version of yourself that like, thank you so much for what you've done for me. Like, I appreciate it. I know what you did was to help, right? Like you're trying to help me through life. And now I'm moving into a new phase and I appreciate you. I respect you for what you did for me. And now it's time for us to step into this new kind of role and, and, uh, own that, you know? And so I'm, I'm curious, did you do a practice like that? Did you feel a moment like that? I did, I did a practice somewhat similar to that. So back in last October, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Hoffman process. Mm -hmm. Um, it's this, it's this week long retreat where they take your phone and they make you sign a paper saying like, you're not going to pray. You're not going to meditate. You're not going to, um, exercise. You're not going to like drink. You're not going to do anything that you would normally do externally to like avoid these feelings. It's a week long and they take your phone and you are forced, like not forced, but I was in a class with like 31 different people. And, um, every day it was like 12 to 15 hours a day of just like very deep inner child work. Um, and then we would go through the days and at the very end, it was all about like seeing that past person, loving yourself and just like, it it completely transformed my life. And it was, when you were talking, it reminded me of that because like that person who we used to be and that, and that person that's in us has done all of these things, like you said, to survive and get to this point in our life. And they take it even a step further, like everything we are and everything we do, we've adopted from our parents. So we've either got these things, these patterns that we've either adopted from them. If like my mom's a codependent, maybe I'm a codependent or we got in complete rebellion. Like if my dad's very tight with his money, I will be very like loose with my money because of I see how it hit. I, I know his perception on it and I know that I want to be different. So we do these things out of either uh, adoption or rebellion of what our parents do. And then we get into these patterns and we're like, why are, why are we still doing these same things? Why am I in this cycle? And so like what Hoffman teaches us is that that's called the negative love pattern. So that negative love is just like, we have these patterns and then we have the, we we're granted the awareness of them. We literally write them down, right? Where we, which parent we get them from and all that kind of stuff. We then act it out. We get it out of our system. We um, start giving our parents a lot of love and compassion because like, they're guilty, but they're not to blame. Everything that they got, they adopted from their parents. And all of our parents have strictly been doing the best they can with what they got. And then we work on new ways of being. So like the new ways of being is all like the um, neuro, new neural pathways, like thinking of a memory, having it and just like, it, it's just amazing how that worked. And when I was able to see that, I was just always like, why can't I sit with myself? And why is everything so tough? And why can't I, why do I feel so much shame when I, when I'm constantly trying to run from the person that I used to be? And instead of running from that person, I was able to look at it and be like, Hey, look, that guy did everything he could in his power to strictly survive these situations that I put myself in. And instead of like shaming that dude, I, I, I love him. I, I, he's, he was just hurt. He was scared. He was all that. And like, also like, I love my parents because like I adopted that stuff and everything I did was like as a result of like they're doing and I made my own choices based off what like I learned from them but I know that if I'm able to take it a lot further and see that and have that awareness and like realize what they did and like shit like I can only imagine like what their parents did to them from like the stories that I heard way back in that day but um I then can like stop that that um programming and all that kind of stuff and then just look at who I am today and be like okay this is who we are and then just choose to walk in love with it. And that that's a, that's a practice that's like really, really tough because I can revert back to those old patterns. 
But now that I have the awareness of it, I can stop it before it becomes that vicious cycle. So very similar to like seeing who I am. And, 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 um, I would say instead of like releasing it, just being like, I love and accept you. And in that is just like a scared little kid that just like had to do what he had to do in order to survive those situations and cope with, with the decisions that were being made. And, um, so I go back in time, I go back a lot and I'll make sure that like, I, I really follow my gut and what are things that like little Marcus would probably like to do? Like I quit karate when I was younger. So I went and like took a jujitsu class, like not too long ago. Um, I stopped doing these things that like would bring me joy. So like now I just like go and like I walk in nature and like I um, go to the beach and like I just try to have like not have a care in the world. And that is always that's like that stuff is like so in- incredibly and, and immensely healing. Um, and it's just a beautiful thing. And the Hoffman process like absolutely completely changed my life. I'm so grateful for that whole thing. It was it was one of the tougher things I've ever done. But like on the other side of it was like beautifully rewarding. I've never heard of that. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And that sounds like incredibly powerful. <laughs> That's a really cool practice. I found it interesting The like no meditation, no prayer, because in a way that is a way of, I mean, like it could be to work through it, but it's still something right. Like instead of just sitting mm-hmm. with it. So that was really cool. Now, speaking of another Hoff, <laughs> what, uh, coming to Wim Hof, what role did breath work have in, in your growth? And also, I mean, like you can walk us through the the story of, of meeting Wim Hof, which is incredible for those of you who don't know Wim Hof, incredible breathwork teacher. And yeah, I don't even, there's too much stuff, good stuff to say about him. I mean, he's incredible. So he's a nice man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, take it from there. Yeah. So I was very early in like being sober. And I, the thing that like, I was saying, like when you, when you are drinking, like to the extent that like I was drinking, I'm just constantly running. So when I stop running, when I stop drinking, all that stuff I'm, I'm running from is now hitting me. And I don't know how to cope with it. I am just like, it's it's freaking me out. The thoughts are still intrusive. All the suicidal stuff is like coming back into play. I'm like trying to sit with psychiatrists and um, to see if I should be on like medication because like I'm just like losing my mind and I don't know what the heck is going on. And I reached out to a buddy of mine because I saw his, his brother playing at Oregon. And I was like, yo, like your brother's like killing it. Like, that's awesome. And this guy used to be like, my like drinking buddy like i was like i never thought i had an issue because like i was like this dude's way worse than me and so like if i'm not there yet then like i'm good and i was talking to him he's like yo man like i'm I'm sober as well and i have like he had a little bit he had like six months more than me i was like yo like that's amazing like um what are you up to and he was like oh i'm doing breath work i had no idea what that was and um i was like can you like teach me it like i was like is it like good for like mental he's like oh it's amazing for your mental for your spiritual and he took me through my first wim hof session and he taught me the breathing. And I just remember like the tingling. I remember the vastness in my mind. And that's what I love about it. I tell people like we're constantly at an eight, nine or 10 on like the scale of like stimulation and phones and devices and instant gratification stuff. Breathwork just allows you to just turn that knob down to like a one, two or three and just really see the space in between your thoughts. Um, I like to call it the gap where I'm just like visually just viewing everything that's going on. Like, oh, this, that, boom, this, that boom like it's just and i get these like amazing like i feel like download is such like a woo-woo term but like i get these amazing like um downloads of just like information that like is just coming straight from my subconscious and i think sage like to this day and, and i hope he knows how important that that was to me because like now that like i'm no longer drinking if i feel something that makes me feel good i am chasing that 
alcoholically like I did anything else. So once I started doing breath work, I was like, cool, I need to do this all the time. And so I was doing it all the time, incorporating it, like telling everybody about it. And I'm like, yo, this is amazing. Like you have to try this. And people were like, what are you talking about? Like I'm getting high on my breath. And then I started like looking into Wim Hof and seeing all the crazy things he was doing. I was like, oh, the God, this guy climbed Mount Everest in just his shorts. And he's like fighting off diseases and all this crazy stuff. And then I had the opportunity um, to move to the Netherlands during the pandemic. The girl I was dating at the time was um, half Dutch and had Dutch citizenship. So we, America, like we'd like, it is on fire. COVID's happening. Like I'm like, people, everyone around us, like my neighbor next door has a gun and we're all threatening each other. And everybody's like the mental state of like when the pandemic hit was like really, really bad. So we're like, let's get out of here. Sold all my stuff, moved to Holland. And um, that just gave me more opportunity to slow down and really be with my breath and start incorporating the breath work more and more and more. And then that app clubhouse was really, really popular back then. And I met Wim Hof's right-hand man, Bart Pronk, off that um, off that app. And we're talking back and forth. And I'm asking him questions. It was like every Tuesday night, him and another um, instructor would come on and they would talk about certain things. And so I would talk to him like, hey, like, what? why do people wear like beanies in the ice bath? And he's like, oh, like some think it's cool. Some use it to like regulate or whatever. And I would just ask him all these different little tips and tricks. I'm like, hey, look, I really love this. It's changed my life completely. Uh, I would like, he's like, yeah, come to Amsterdam and take a session. So I bought a session. I went down to Amsterdam and did a workshop with them. They all spoke Dutch. My Dutch wasn't that great at the time. Still is like not great at all. Um, and, but they were speaking like the language of the heart. I knew what they were saying. Cause I read Wim's book. I knew the stuff. I watched every YouTube video that there ever could be on Wim Hof. I was just like completely obsessed. And after the session, I went up to him. I was like, Hey Bart, like, I love that. Like, I am a personal trainer. I would love to, I was thinking only of it as a monetary thing. I would love to be able to provide this to my clients. I know that this will differentiate me from my other personal trainers. And I feel like I can make a lot of money off of this. But also I was just like, I knew that it would be like a very cool thing in order to give them as well. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, well, if you want to become a trainer, like take the instructor course and then come to Poland and become an instructor. And I was like, I have people like in California that aren't instructors. Why should I go and like do that? And he's like, well, he's like, I would never walk into a gym and hand somebody weights and say I'm a personal trainer without doing my due diligence. And I was like, all right, that's fair. So then I signed up for the course. Um, a few weeks later, um, a few weeks or months, uh, the girlfriend and I at the time broke up. And I everything I had, like all my money and everything was like completely like set in the Netherlands. I was buying equipment for like the gym. And so I, I came back completely broke. Um and I was living with some friends and they were like so nice to let me just crash in their spare room. And I um, wor was working like a hundred hours a week at four different jobs. I was working at a furniture store and like a basketball gym and um, a stretch place, like all these different places just to raise money. And like, meanwhile, like the class was like $4,000. My dad was like, you should get that money back for the course. And I was like, and I thought about it and like every time, like I, I just felt like that was weak. I really felt called to like go into Poland and, and become a Wim Hof instructor. And I was just like, and people were telling me all the time, like, yeah, you should, you stick with it, stick with it. And I was like, all right. So I sacrificed and stuck with it. January of 22, I was going to go out to Poland, got COVID, so I had to miss. But I'm really grateful that I did because I went in February. And when I went in February, uh, Mike Posner was there. So he's a, he's a Wim Hof instructor as well. 
And that was the only week that Wim came. So we had like four sessions for that, that time. And Wim came to the one that I was at. And so it was, it was amazing going there. Um, I wanted to heal from like the past relationship and like a lot of the stuff that I had going on, but also like I wanted, I work in extremes. I, I had told them I hadn't done an ice bath in like six months because I wanted it to hurt and hurt. It did. We're in Poland. It's like 20 degrees. It's snowing on you constantly. We're getting in this water in this river. That's like 31 degrees. And I'm like, it doesn't water freeze at 32. And I'm like, yeah, but like the river's flowing. And so like it keeps the water moving and I'm like, Oh, great. So like a lot of people get in the ice bath. They talk about the thermal layer of like, Oh, like you're comfortable 31 degrees in a river that's constantly flowing. You are just cold and miserable the entire time. But it was such an amazing experience. I met 60 people from like 30 different countries all over the world. I still keep in contact with a lot of them. Um, meeting Wim was like, I, I played basketball with Kobe. I played basketball with LeBron. Like meeting Wim was like one of those situations where I was like, oh, dude, like I'm I'm, I'm a fan. Like I have to take a picture, like whatever, like blah, blah, blah. And um, I was just like, in any picture that you see, I'm like right like next to him. Cause I'm like, this dude is like amazing. And he's like exactly what you would think super charismatic, crazy, just like one of those, like, I don't know if this guy is like a lunatic or a genius, like they're one in the same, but he really is just like found something that like is so easy and so simple and so basic and connects millions of people around the world. And it's such a powerful thing. And it all allows people to go deeper within themselves and then spread that out to their community, which I think like life is really having us do. Um, and this new wave of like consciousness is really coming in and the Wim Hof method is, is just an amazing, amazing tool to um, do that. And just, I don't know, it's, it's I, I'm so fired up about it. And the fact that I'm a Wim Hof instructor and get to do this for companies and people and all that kind of stuff and travel the world to go do it is just like, my dad's still tripping. He's like, oh, you make people breathe and sit in ice water. I'm like, yeah, like, and then he even tried it. And he's like, oh, like, there's something to this. I'm like, I'm telling you. And so it's, it's an amazing thing. And um I, I am so grateful and, and being a Wim Hof instructor is one of my like really cool titles that I I love having and, and the work that I do in order to do that. So I went that time in Poland and I went in Poland again last December and climbed a mountain in just my shorts. There was like a three hour, 28, 10 degree weather, but uh, just shows you the power of your mind, shows you the power of your breath and what you can accomplish. And I'm doing these things and feats that I never thought I could do through this amazing method. And, um, three years I've done it, I've done it. I don't get sick. Um, my mental clarity is the best it's ever been by doing this ice bath every single day that I've been doing this year. Uh, my mental health I've had, like, I can count on one hand how many bad days I've had this year. And, um, that like just the ice bath didn't help. And like, I just had to go into my other tools. So, yeah, Wim Hof method is is one of those things that like I swear by. It's made me such a better person and allowed me to really dive deep because I struggle with the meditation aspect of just like sitting, being still, because then I'm thinking about nothing and I'm thinking about how I should be thinking about nothing. Where it's like if I can just focus on my breath, that gives me something. And the more I focus on my breath, the thoughts just dissipate and go away. And it's just a very, very beautiful thing. So Yes, that's my Wim Hof experience. That's my time meeting Wim was like something I'll never forget. I'm hoping that I get to go to the winter exhibition this year and get to train and uh, teach alongside with him this year in Poland. And um, yeah, just I'm, just I'm excited to see what the future has. Yeah, you gave me a little bit of a rundown uh, of the whole story last time. And it's still as fascinating the second time around for me. <laughs> People ask me about this pretty often. And so 
I do breath work. I've done a Wim Hof style breath work before, but mainly I do varied types of yogic breathing from like, mm. you know, it could be the box breathing. It could be the Nadi Shodhana, like alternate nostril breathing. It could be, you know, like di there's different styles, obviously. And a lot of people are always like, okay, well, like, what? how do I breathe? Like, what, what's the point of this? You know, like, what, what am I getting out of this? And, and so I try, I try to explain it the best I can. But since you're an instructor on Wim Hof breathing, if you wouldn't mind, like breaking down, you don't have to get crazy into it. But mm -hmm. what kind of breathing practices you do as well as what does it do for the brain? Like, I try to explain to people that like, it's just clarity. I don't know, like your mind, it's, yeah. it's working on an energetic level, this breath. And so you're, you're getting out of your thoughts and into this like sensation of your body. Like, yeah. I, yeah I, I, but please take it and, and yeah, explain a little bit. Of course. It's really tough to explain to people that haven't tried it or I love like the skeptics and I really, really love my type A people that come in when, during my workshops and they're just mm -hmm. like wondering if they're breathing right. And I always let them know, look like if you're here listening to my class, you're breathing correctly. You've been breathing right your entire life. Like you're fine. But what we're trying to do now is, is enhance your breath and, and be very, um, intentional on our breath and by doing that we're able to just to focus on that breath and let the thoughts do what they want to do so if you're feeling anxious stressed out whatever it is a lot of these people will come in just like wrapped up i'm like the whole point of this class is for you to leave more relaxed than you did coming in and that's like my style of the Wim Hof method I, i'm always a very big parasympathetic versus sympathetic and we're just gonna i want you to be relaxed and feeling like almost like jello when you leave my class and so what the Wim Hof method is, is it's the Wim Hof method consists of breathing ice baths, ice, cold exposure, and the mindset. What the Wim Hof method breathing is, is three parts as well, to charge up the retention and the recovery breath. And the charge up is 40 breaths where you're breathing deep into your belly, into your chest, and letting it go. So all in one circular motion. Belly, chest, let it go. Um, for people that are come to my workshops, I always have them breathe in and out of their nose for the first round, in their nose, out of their mouth for the second round, in and out of their mouth for the third round. And I'll take them to like four rounds and then they can breathe however they want. And this just gives them a nice steady pace for when the sensations come on. If you're breathing in and out of your mouth immediately, you're going to go like straight to Mars for those who are breathing in and out of their nose. And it's, it gets a lot steadier. Um, so you do that 40 times followed by a big, deep in inhale. Exhale, big inhale again, nice, easy, passive exhale. And you're just holding on that passive exhale. And that passive exhale is like roughly 20% of the air in your lungs. You sit and you hold that and you're just still. And I usually have people, I, I will build that time up. The reason why you can hold your breath on that exhale is because releasing CO2. CO2 is what triggers your brain to let you know that you have to take these breaths. With less CO2 in the body, you can hold your breath longer and longer and longer. So a lot of people think it's like magic because like I tell them like, hey, like you're probably going to I'm going to get you to hold your breath for maybe up to two minutes. Like I can't even hold my breath on an inhale on two minutes. You're telling me I'm going to hold my breath on an exhale for two minutes. And it's all about that surrender. The more relaxed you are, the more you're not thinking about that, the more you can just listen to your heartbeat and be in the moment and during those retentions, the easier it is. And like time just goes by like that. And I let people know because they're like two minutes. What about brain damage? I'm like. When I really care, when I have my ego really wrapped into the Wim Hof method, I would always like see how long I can take my ice bath and how long I can do my retentions. I think the longest retention I ever did was like six minutes. I was just like oh. sitting, yeah, just sitting, being still, holding my breath and like just losing complete track of time. 
And I woke, I was like, I looked at the clock, it was like 6.20. I was like, what the heck? I thought like 30 seconds had passed by. And um, that's just what complete surrender looks like. So that retention is just that amazing sensation of letting the thoughts go and you're just getting, like, you're so in this void, I like to call it. It's just like the gap, the place in between your thoughts where everything exists, where nothing is, where you're like, you're in this complete, like, darkness, but it is so comfortable. Um, I have people that come out of it. I'm not trying to scare any listeners, but they're like, they have this acceptance to where like, if they were to die at that point, they'd be like, this is fine. Um, and it's just like, you're not going to die. No one's ever died in my classes. No one even has even come close. Um, but you just get this overall sense of just like, everything is so okay. And everything is exactly the way it needs to be. So after that retention, whether you can hold it for that 45 seconds, I initially have you do it. It's followed by the recovery breath. And the recovery breath is just a big, deep breath in. You're holding that air all the way up top. You're going to get a few more swallows of air in. And you hold that for 15 seconds. This kind of returns you to your baseline. You release it, and we just keep going. Second round, third round, fourth round. And then I, I let like a nice little 10, 15-minute meditation at the end where you just sit in that silence and just like whatever is there um, happens. And you feel all the sensations while you're doing it. Like during the charge up, you might feel on tingling in the hands, the feet, in your extremities, temperature changes throughout the body, um, muscle cramping or the tetany. It starts with like the little like gang signs and then like the lobster claws. And I have some people that like full on prey mantis. Um, I always tell them like if, it, if you feel it coming on, it's just the chemical reaction of the CO2 dropping in the bloodstream. And if it's too much, just slow down the breathing. Everything's going to be, everything's going to be fine. Uh, hot flashes, cold flashes. Uh, ear ringing or hearing loss a lot of times like whenever I do it it always feels like someone puts earmuffs on my ears and I'm just like so in my zone I can't hear anything and then emotions might pop up as we are suppressing the sympathetic I like to tell people as we're breathing deep into our belly we are bringing up some emotions that we may consciously or subconsciously uh, have and I have people that hysterically laugh in my cry. I have people that uncontrollably sob in my classes. And it's just a release. It's just like, I'm not trying to bring it on. I'm not setting an intention. It's for your time. All I'm doing is opening the door and just making sure that you're safe while you just go and explore the innermost selves of your being through your breath. And I have had some very profound things happen by being an instructor, like people like getting these visions and like getting very similar visions to the people next to them. And they're like, wow how'd you like know what I was thinking? And like, um, or I had a firefighter do it one time. He saw the, he saw the faces that everybody that has ever passed um, while he was on the job. And he always felt really guilty because he thought it was his job to save them. But they all told him like, Hey, thank you for being there. It wasn't your job to save us. It was your job to um, be with us as we transition. And he had a full like breakdown, but like, this divine timing always happens in these classes to where like there was a guy in that class that was able to get him in that they have never met before that was able to get him in touch with like a chief firefighter who runs like this really beautiful therapy session and like got him all the help he needed. And I see that happen all the time in my classes and people get these, this clarity um, that you were talking about, whether it's like, Hey, like ask my boss for this raise, Let, let's go on this trip. Uh, I've had some divorces happen, like as a result of like, not my class, but just like people being able to see like exactly who they are and what they want. And it's so clear when you get this clarity, it's almost like a sin to act against it. Cause now you have this awareness. And if you're acting against like what you really are, and who you really are is it's, you can't go back or you can, but you're just living in this lie. So, um, 
the thousands of people that I've worked with, um, we do that. And then like you come from this completely relaxed state of mind. And then I throw you right into an ice bath where it's very high stress and very, and now it's time to rely on your breath again. And if you can surrender to the ice bath, um, so much of life is like fight or flight. This is all about surrender. That third option that a lot of people don't talk about and they think is weakness. And that's just the ego telling you that you, you have to surrender because you can fight the ice bath and they're punching it. It's going to stay cold and you're going to be miserable. You can flight from it. You can get out and run, but then you're not going to feel good about yourself. You're not going to feel good about me or you can, but you're going to have these excuses as to why you couldn't do it. and think you're the exception or whatever it is and blame me, blame whatever. And then you just like, you're kind of living your life like that. So if you're interested in breaking that cycle, you learn how to sit in it. It's just two minutes. You breathe in through the nose for four, out through your mouth for eight. Each exhale, I have you just drop your shoulders a little bit more until you're in this state of relaxation in a high stressful environment. And people come out of that with a sense of accomplishment. They come out of it feeling a lot better because the dopamine, the neuroepinephrine, your endorphins are kicking in, your immune system's up. The dopamine hits 2.5x, which is like the same as cocaine, but like it lasts a lot longer. And they're just like, oh, like they're just on fire for life. And um, it's a beautiful thing. And I've seen it just like completely change people in and out. And they're investing in their own ice baths and like they're having their kids do it and they're having their parents do it. And they're like, all of these things is just happening. It's like a huge ripple effect in like the mental health community just by whether they know it's a mental health thing or not. And it's so cool to just be like on the end of like, I helped you like do that and help like inspired you a little bit to get that. It's a, it's a very humbling thing and it has nothing to do with me. I, I always let sure, make sure that I let these people know that, Hey, like I just told you to breathe and you did, that has nothing to do with me. You just trusted me. Everything that you have within you is inside of you. And it's awesome because like Wim Hof's the exact same way. He's like this, everything that you have accomplished today, you didn't need me for. And you just, just like, you just trusted me. You just did some stuff. You just came and, I just provided the space and that's all I do. I don't try to like, Hey, I'll see you next week. Can to breathe some more. Like, I don't, I don't take a very, I don't like doing the chiropractic um, style of living or come back and see me for it. No, it's like you have the tools. If you need to sharpen them up again, come and see me again. And it's just an, an awesome experience of individuals coming and surrendering and, and walking out of that place, completely a different person than they came coming in. For sure, when you were talking about the breath work right now, it made me really miss the mental space that you get and also like the feeling yeah. that you get from it, right? Like after doing that breath, you get that sensation like in your whole body, but in your head and it feels so incredible. Now, you said a lot of like amazing things, especially the firefighter. I mean, that one hit home. Uh, that was that was wild. But one thing you mentioned was the tetany. And so you were saying that's due to a low level of CO2 in the body, correct? Yeah. So it's just the chemical reaction of the CO2 dropping in the bloodstream. And it only happens to roughly about 30% of the people that do it. Not everyone's going to get that. I've never got the cramps. It's just like not anything that I've ever experienced. But there's some people that will really, really get it and get into full like Stranger Things Vecna lockdown. And um, it's all about how we're expelling that CO2. So I am one of those 30%. I get it every single time I do breath work. It's wild. My hands, I get the lobster claws for sure. They come up here to me. I start relaxed, end up here every single time. Yeah. Sometimes my, my lips can get it as well. The most wild time was I started to feel it in my calves. And Ooh. yeah, and 
I remember I had done a bit of breath work at this point. So I was ready to go a little bit further, you know? And so uh, whenever I would get to that point where I was really feeling like, oh, wow, this is pretty intense. I usually would back off a little bit. And in this class in particular, I just remember the, the instructor was just like, hey, whatever's happening is fine. It's just your body. There's nothing to be worried about. It's okay. So I was like, yeah, you know what? There's nothing to really worry about. So I went to the next level, kept breathing through it. I don't usually get my calves, but this, this one, my calves were uh, clenching up. Man, full on cramp in the calves. And, you know, it's it sounds bad. And I mean, like it was intense. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it was actually very interesting. I'm not saying I want to get back to those cramps necessarily, <laughs> but it was one of those things where it was like when it happened, I, I started pouring sweat so yeah. hot. And the instructor even came up and put his hands on my shoulders because you could tell I was going through something. But I remember when it happened, I stopped breathing and I was like, oh, man, I, I should try to wave him down with my claw and <laughs> say something. But I remember thinking to myself, hold on, Evan, like, what is he going to do for you? Do you think he's going to massage yeah. your calf and make it better? No, yeah. you need to relax your breath, allow your body to normalize and then, you know, come back to it. And, and that in itself was so just, yeah, that was such a great lesson to learn. It's like, look, it's a difficult time, but like really all you can do is let the time take care of it, right? Like let things normalize. And so I just sat there and just normalized the breath, calmed the mind as much as I possibly could. And eventually mm -hmm. like it was fine. You know, I was actually a little sore for that the rest of that day in my calves, but one thing that my one of my friends who does a lot of breath work brought up is from a spiritual standpoint, the technique can be related to, for example, the hands apparently is like mm. not letting go, like you hold yep. on to stuff. And so, you know, they say we store a lot of trauma, emotions, things like that in our body. And for me, one thing that's wild is I do know, especially from past experiences when I've had conflict with people, family, like whatever, like literally like physical altercation style my calves are the first thing to like to clench up. Tense yeah. up. Yeah. And I've even noticed like after like almost being in literally a physical altercation with someone walking away and it's like my calves were twitching. If I were to go take a step on a stair, my, my foot yep. would probably bounce, you know, cause it was so yeah. like adrenaline. And so to me, I was kind of, I mean, I don't know the truth in that, but, um, I was like, man, if there is truth in that, I could totally see why my calves were the pace, the place that it happened at. There is, there, there a hundred percent is. I, I have seen it and experienced a lot of people that I'll take through sessions and they explain that they have back pain or they have whatever. And like those mo those things will get really tense and that's where they feel it the most. And it's all somatic. Like you said, like the body is definitely keeping the score. So it's like, there's stuff there. And it's a lot to work through whether you know it or not. The body is doing what it can to like release that and get rid of it, um, which is really, really cool. That's another thing that I love with breath work a lot. I've seen people like completely just like shaking and tremoring and I'm like, oh, whoa, like they're going through it or like I'll make sure that they're not having, um, having no one's having a seizure, but it's just like their body is just like so and they have no recollection of it. So the fact that you like did that felt it of course like especially the cramp up that would suck that would like <laughs> that would suck i i i haven't got like cramps like that but i get really really hot to where mm -hmm. like when we did it in poland we did like 10 rounds and um it was just intense and each round i didn't even remember i was like taking off articles of clothing so i woke up and i was just like in my boxers just like shirt off and like in a room of like 60 people and i'm like yo what the heck i was like we would have kept going i would have ended up naked but i'm like 
holding myself completely crying. I was like, yo, this is nuts. Like this thing is absolutely crazy. Yeah, the power of breath work cannot be overstated. It's one of no. the things that I'm like, even for uh, before meditation, like sometimes with people, I'll give them mindfulness practices because I think that's a little bit more approachable. But to me, breath is you feel it immediately. Yeah. And mm -hmm. anyone can do it. And it doesn't require you to feel bored like you're doing something. Yeah. It's active. Um, so I love that. Now, Marcus. We are getting to a point where we're getting close to the end of the show. In my head, I'm already like, okay, we need to do a second one. So that's <laughs> probably going to have to happen uh, if you're, of course, if you're open to it. Absolutely. Um, cool, man. But I, I definitely, something I'm doing now with my episodes here is I want to take the knowledge of the show and I want to put it into actionable steps for the listeners. Knowledge is potential power. It's when you put it into action that it actually becomes mm -hmm. like actual power. So that's what I want to do. I want to kind of open the question for you to provide one to maybe five steps that our listeners could start doing today right after this episode that would apply either some teachings from this podcast, lessons that you've learned, or even just like what you find is most beneficial to, I mean, we could say overall health, but maybe we can pertain it more to like mental health Absolutely. if that's where we want to go. Of course. I would say whenever it comes to mental health, um, the one thing that I always have seen be so true is move a muscle, change a thought. Um, if I can be so stuck in like a depressive like mode, or I can be so stuck where like, I want to call somebody and talk to them, but like, I feel like my brain's telling me that I'm a burden. And, but I know the moment I start moving and getting like some action into it, I can, I can move through it a lot quicker. So I would say move a muscle, change a thought. You're not a burden. Talk to those people, whatever it is, like the phone can feel like it's a thousand pounds, but like go and do some movement before um, you you feel like you have to be stuck and, and sit with that and feel completely helpless. Two, find comfort in discomfort. Um, finding comfort in discomfort is one of the most amazing things that I've adopted and it's just like almost completely saved my life. Whenever I feel something, one thing that they said at Hoffman or my, my teacher at Hoffman said, which I think is completely true, he's like, if you feel a feeling in its entirety for 90 seconds, it completely passes. And I'm like, okay. So I was like, let me try that. Let me, when I, if I feel sad, let me feel that wholeness of sadness and just really put myself in it. Don't get on my phone. Don't like, that's the thing. We, we feel something and then we immediately go to like something else, like some dopamine type thing to numb it or move through it or whatever. But like, just sit still and feel it and it will subside very quickly. And no matter what it is, no matter how big or how small, and I found that to be completely true. So a lot of times, like my ice baths are like two or three minutes. I'll take whatever I'm feeling, put myself in that ice bath, can't move, and I'm just in it for two to three minutes. And that, that feeling not only is changing, but I'm able to work through it, through that ice bath. So finding comfort and discomfort. And you don't need an ice bath to do that. Everyone has a shower. Turn the water on cold as soon as you get, right before you get out. And that will completely change your mindset for the day. And um yeah, I don't know. The third thing I would say is um, take a look at your diet. See see what you're eating. I, I, I'm I vegan because it works for me. Um, I'm not here to like say go vegan or change anybody's lifestyle and what they do. But a lot of the things, your food is your medicine. And um, a lot of times when we're feeling inflamed or um, sick or all mucus-eat up, it could be a lot of your diet and what you're doing. And um it goes with that discipline of self-gratification as well. A lot of things are easy and things are so like quick, but sit down, actually eat your meal, 
feel what it's doing for yourself. Um, let it move through you. Uh, eat clean. Um, cook your own stuff. Or just like really question to see what you're eating. And you do that. Those three little things change your diet a little bit. See, be conscious. Be con- All I'm saying is be conscious. Be conscious of your eating. Be conscious of your situations. Be conscious of your feelings. And stop numbing out mentally, physically, anything. And you will like be able to see the matrix. It's like, it's awesome. I couldn't agree more. I think those are beautiful practices for just living like a healthy life, you know, um, mentally and physically, spiritually, emotionally, all the, all the different realms and dimensions of health. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Dude, Marcus, thank you so much, man. Seriously going to have you back on. I know you uh, have some travels coming up and, and that's going to be amazing. Look forward to to hopefully seeing some Instagram photos and all that good stuff. But um, before we do end here, I want you to take the floor and let people know where they can connect with you, where they can find you. Mm -hmm. um, If you're hosting any breath work, anything like that, like how they can get in touch and uh, yeah, man, platform's yours. Take it away, whatever you want to share. Absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. Um, This has been an awesome time. Love to go back down memory lane and just see like where we're at now. And I love the work that you're doing and, and I appreciate the platform that you've given me to speak on today. And um, yeah, if anyone wants to find me, my Instagram handle is the breathing vegan, no G after the E after breathing. Um, and I have um, on my link tree there, I have a guided Wim Hof work uh, meditation through an app that you can listen to at any time. It's pretty self-explanatory. I do zoom sessions all the time. Um, I'm working on a schedule. That's why I'm going to travel this upcoming week to really fine tune my online stuff. And I also do online personal training as well at an affordable rate to, I don't know, get anybody started or if you already have it and completely tailored program for you. And we're all just walking each other home. And I just want to help you be the best version of yourselves. And in turn, it helps me be the best version of myself and helps me stop thinking about myself and get out of my head. So I appreciate everyone and anyone who I've ever worked with. I appreciate those who I have not worked with yet. And if I never work with you, I still appreciate you and you're amazing. So keep up the good work. Love it, Marcus. Now that's perfect. And I'll make sure to to link at least your social in there and, and anything else you want in the show notes. I'll have them in there. Uh, Marcus, it's it was a pleasure, dude. Thank you for joining the show. Everybody do everything with good intentions, connect to your elements. And Marcus, thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much for tuning into this show once again. My goal with this podcast is to provide you with digestible health knowledge that puts the power in your hands to take control of your health. If you found any benefit in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for the show. If you know of anyone that would benefit from this episode or this show, then please send this podcast their way as well to help spread the message of this show. This is a free and easy way for you to say thank you and help grow this podcast. And if you'd like to show even further support, then please check out some of the companies that are affiliated with this show in the show notes, such as Organifi and Energy Bits. These are two hand-selected companies that I personally love and use every day to keep my health at 100%. Organifi has some of the absolute best-tasting juice powders that are packed with the highest quality ingredients such as lion's mane mushroom, shaga mushroom, matcha, moringa, ashwagandha, turmeric, and probiotics, just to name a few. They're 100% organic and third-party tested, 
for glyphosate, which ensures that you are consuming one of the cleanest and healthiest juice powder blends on the market. Plus, Energy Bits is my go-to for all things microalgae. They have spirulina and chlorella like no other. I've tried all kinds of spirulina and chlorella, but they have all fallen short to Energy Bits quality. Spirulina and chlorella are packed with over 40 plus vitamins and minerals and have incredible benefits for things like your brain, heart, and mitochondria. Even NASA has deemed spirulina as the most powerful and concentrated food on the planet. This is a quote-unquote supplement that I literally take every day. Plus, you get 20% off your entire order at both Organifi and Energy Bits just for being a listener to the show. The link and the discount code are in the show notes for your convenience, and I hope you enjoy everything these two amazing amazing companies have to offer. Thank you all so much, and I look forward to catching you on the next episode. Peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. 